Well, hello, hello, welcome. Thank you guys for being here. Um, yeah, it's a joy uh, for the elders and I to gather with you guys twice a year. Our key ministry leaders, the boots on the grounds, in life groups and men's and women's and youth ministry and children's ministry and outreach teams. Um, so grateful to have you here tonight. Our topic, ministering with prayer. Prayer certainly is an upward activity, but there's also a, a vertical aspect where we can, or horizontal, did I say that wrong, horizontal aspect where we really can minister and encourage one another in prayer. So um, as far as where we're headed tonight, we're going to dive in here in a minute and kind of review those eight principles on your handout. should take us about 45 minutes or so. Then we'll take a break, come back in here for some Q&A. Um, and then at the end of the night, we're going to pair off and pray for one another. Um, so be ready for that. Um, you know, prayer hopefully is something that we all are doing uh, privately with the Lord. Um, maybe you pray together in your small group, but how do you feel when somebody is in need before you? Whether it's on a Sunday morning, whether it's a friend, a family member, anybody ever been caught off guard? When somebody was sick or they were hurting or maybe they broke down and you could tell like, oh, this is a moment where they need prayer and I'm <laughs> not ready. Um, sometimes you may feel unprepared. You may feel inadequate. You may feel even nervous. You know, if it's somebody you don't know well or it's a setting where it's, it's uncomfortable. Um, or maybe you're just like, Lord, I'm having a bad day. The last thing in the world that, that I feel you know, capable of doing is to minister to somebody else. But I, I think that when we step out in faith, I think the Lord can minister in a powerful way when we, when we pray. Praying for somebody in need, I think, is a great privilege, you know, to, to very, very purposefully and practically be the, the hands of the Lord. Um, as I said, you know, prayer is always directed towards God, but as we pray for someone else, um, there's ministry happening. And certainly that can happen, you know, as you stand up and pray on a Sunday morning in front of the congregation, as you pray in your small group. We're talking specifically tonight about, you know, like one-on-one -on -one prayer or, you know, maybe one-on-two prayer um, as a specific kind of a, of a ministry discipline, a ministry uh, um, opportunity. Um, as you pray for somebody, not only does the Lord hear you and He answers your prayer and He's working in their life, but just the act of you praying is an encouragement to somebody else. You're often reminding them of God's promises, right? As you're praying for them, you're comforting them. Just the fact that like, wow, you know, George took a minute to stop and care for me. You know, that's encouraging them that a brother and sister saw them. Um, and we, we also hope that in the act of prayer that the Holy Spirit is present, that His peace is present, and that, you know, they're encountering the presence of God in a, in a unique way when, you know, when, when brothers and sisters join together in prayer. Uh, James 5.16, you see on the top of your sheet there, we're called to confess our sins to one another, to pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And so we believe that the Lord uh, works and, and uh, ministers through our prayer. Um, so let me just pause now and ask him to be with us. God, we thank you for this night, for the ability to gather together as ministry leaders. We pray that you would stir us and encourage us, that this would be um, edifying to us as as leaders and volunteers, um, but also that you would empower us, give us practical tools to minister to others with prayer, but also, God, that you build our confidence, that we would feel equipped, um, no matter the situation or the need, uh, to step out and ask you to bless the person in front of us. And we ask in Jesus' name, amen.
So hopefully there's something instinctive about um, prayer for a son or daughter of God. But we can all grow in our prayer lives, right? Whether it's your personal prayer life or whether it's the act of, of praying and ministering to others. So we're going to look at these eight principles, guidelines. These are not biblical mandates. There's going to be some things tonight that may actually be specific that you might think like, wow, Tim, that's really specific, you know. But I'm just throwing it out there as a suggestion, something to consider. At the end of the day, you have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and pray as you are led. But um, as, as Matt and Ed and I share, um, hopefully you'll see some wisdom and some experience there. These principles, I think, are relevant to a variety of contexts. So we will often, and I'm going to talk later on, hopefully it's going to be more often, but we'll give a call for prayer on a Sunday morning. Right? And so a lot of these things are things that you keep in mind if you're, if you're off on the side, music is playing, how do you, you pray and, and minister for someone? Um, but it also could just be in a life group, you know, and I know uh, Randy Clifford will often set that chair in the middle of the room and, and somebody comes and sits on the chair and they share their need and everybody gathers around and lay hands. Um, but maybe it's just a one-on-one, you know, discipleship meeting or you're walking out of Panera or, you know, your spouse or your son in, in their room. So a variety of applications. Um, Sometimes it's a matter of somebody takes initiative with you. They express a need. Maybe they specifically ask you for prayer. Or maybe they just share, you know, a really difficult thing going on between them and their husband. And and you're like, hey, could we, you know, pause for a minute and and pray? Um, But sometimes it's it's maybe not them opening up to you. Sometimes the Lord might just put somebody in your heart where you actually call them up or you go to them on a Sunday after church or you follow up with them, you know, on their way out of life group and just say, hey, I just have a sense that, you know, that you're carrying something heavy. Can I just stop before we go? And so somebody may take initiative with you or you may be led to take initiative with somebody else. Again, could be a friend at church, could be a child at home, could be a stranger on the street. I've done all of those things. Probably the hardest is praying for somebody in your own home. Uh, you know, when the music is playing and the Lord is serving and you're going to lay hands on somebody, you know, after church, you know. But, but what about if it's in the break room? What about if it's, um, you know, an outreach type of situation? So first and foremost, first principle is prepare your heart. You know, James 4 eight says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Um, so God needs to prepare you if you're going to hear from him, if you're going to minister to somebody else. I think that does begin with keeping your heart and your life clean before the Lord, confessing your sin, asking God to remove distractions, um, thanking Jesus for his work in your life, asking the Spirit to come and, and to fill you. You know, again, if it's a ministry setting, you might, as you're driving in or before the meeting starts, you might begin praying and preparing your heart, asking the Lord to use you. Um, but you never know when the need is going to arise, right? So ultimately, preparing your heart should be a daily thing of waking up, connecting with the Lord, being in the Word, saying, God, use me today. Use me today in any, any unexpected Circumstance, whether it's a life group, whether it's across the fence in your backyard, you know, having your heart ready. And so I know at times in my life, you know, when I've been convicted, like, man, I'm not really in a good place, like I'm in a bad mood, I've not been seeking the Lord, and here's this person, you know, who needs prayer. It's a reminder to me, like, Tim, like every day, you know, you should wake up and prepare your heart. Um, so that, that's kind of before the moment presents itself. But when that moment presents itself, I think very often we just need to slow down. You know, I know I've so often I've just rushed into prayer. I think it's okay to say, you know, hey, Isaac, like, it seems, seems like you're in a really rough spot. Like, I want to pray for you. But before we do, can we just take a minute and just sit quietly before the Lord? You know, like, we don't always have to, to rush in and start immediately speaking. Um, oftentimes, um, yeah, it's just taking a breath, opening up your heart, 
I think sometimes in that moment, just kind of praying privately before the Lord, before you start praying out loud and just saying, God, give me wisdom. Help me, help me to uh, hear from you. Um, ask the Lord for help. Say, God, I, maybe I'm not in a good place, or maybe I don't know how to pray in a way that this person needs. Would you, would you guide my prayers, right? Just taking that, could be 10 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever it might be. Um, praying quietly under your breath. For those of you that, that um, have the gift of being able to pray in tongues, i found that in those intense moments where somebody maybe is getting emotional, or where there's a deep need, or somebody has come to you and shared something intense, like being able to use that prayer language under your breath in, in, a, in, a, in a respectful, private way to just, like, God, I don't, I don't have the words. Like, will you fill me? Will you empower me? Um, but even just a simple prayer, God, help me, you know, be with me as I pray. And so ask the Lord for wisdom, ask him for clarity about specifically what to, you know, pray for, and ask him for boldness. Because you may feel like, man, this person clearly has some issues of, like, unrepentant sin. Like, they keep griping to me you know, about their spouse, but I can tell that there's just a judgmental, critical heart. And so God, give me boldness to pray, you know, in, in that type of way. So you ask the Lord for wisdom, for clarity, for boldness as you prepare your heart. So that's number one. Secondly, listen to the person, listen to the Holy Spirit as you have an opportunity to pray. Listen to the person and the Spirit. So that means be, be attentive to the, to the person. Uh, so again, before you jump into prayer, uh, be attentive. Be attentive to what they're describing, what words are jumping out to you, right? Um, you know, maybe, maybe they mentioned three times in the process of, of the conversation how there's unforgiveness in their heart. Okay, you know, that's a key, that's a key issue, right, that you're going to need um, to pray about. So you're listening to the person. You're listening to how they're describing their hurt, their pain. Maybe it's physical, right? Maybe it's, it's something that, you know, they're talking about their knee radiating, you know, up their leg. Okay. That's not, you can pray in that specific way for that specific person. So not only are you listening to the person, but you're listening to the spirit. And so as they're describing to you what's going on, or maybe you're asking them, um, you, you also, in the back of your mind or in the back of your heart, so to speak, you want to be taking a moment to listen to the Lord, right? How is the Holy Spirit leading you to pray? Um, you know, sometimes people will go off, you know, on and on and on about, you know, my teenager this, I'm a teenager that, but... You know, maybe they also happen to mention how I haven't slept all week, right? And you know that really what the Lord is stirring you, yes, that you need to pray for them if they're teenagers, but maybe you need to spend the majority of your time just praying that, that they would be able to sleep, you know? And so I also want us to be attentive as a person is describing their need, you know? We all know we can deflect, we can talk about the easy things and not, not maybe the heart of the issues. So at times it's a matter of, you know, Lord, is there other things that you're putting on my heart to pray for this person about? You know, maybe they're describing one thing and you don't want to disregard, you know, their presenting need. But maybe the Holy Spirit is laying something deeper, you know, um, on them. Maybe the Holy Spirit is bringing to your mind a scripture. Um, and then as they're talking, you know, oh my gosh, Colossians chapter 3. And, you know, we're called to forgive others as the Lord has forgiven us. You know, maybe you then are going to pull out your Bible and to pray that scripture um, over them. Praying, praying, praying God's word back to him can be an extremely powerful. Uh, maybe as the person is, is speaking, you know, uh, the Lord's giving you a mental picture, you know, of maybe just a weight or a burden or, um, you know, a dark cloud. Like, listen, be attentive to the spirit. Um, again, this is all part of just kind of slowing down, listening, not rushing into prayer. Um, and then once you start focus, once you start praying, you want to stay focused. So prepare your heart, listen to the person, listen to the spirit. Keep your prayers focused. Yes, you want to keep your prayer focused. Be specific as you pray. 
uh, Matthew 7, 9, when Jesus was teaching on effective prayer, he said, who among you, if you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? In other words, we ought to pray specifically, right? Because God will answer specifically. Focus on what the person has shared and how the spirit is directing you in those moments. Um, let me give you an example of an unfocused prayer. I had, a, me and my wife had a close friend, intercessor. This guy loved to pray, right? And he just loved people. Uh, but we learned our lesson quick that whenever we went out to have lunch with him, he can't pray for lunch. Because he'll start praying about the food and then end up praying about the nations. Now, don't get me wrong. I want people to come to Christ, but I want to eat this pizza, man. Like, can we get to it? So you want to be focused. You want to lean on the spirit to give you the words to pray or to encourage the person or to minister to their need. Right. John 14 tells us uh, that that's part of the spirit's role to bring to remembrance all that Jesus has taught us. So you can expect the Holy Spirit there, you know, actively bringing to mind words of encouragement and, or exhortation or um, or just the very verses you can share with the person. Now, if you know the person, resist the urge to pray for every aspect of their life. Most likely, they're, they're carrying a specific burden, right? That's what most of the time when people come up for prayer after services because something specific drew them to come up. So maybe something in the sermon, maybe something they've been going through, but they're there for something. So you don't want to pray for their entire life. God knows all their needs. You want to pray for that specific need by which why they're there. The second thing is you want to be concise, uh, particularly when you're praying during like a corporate gathering a corporate service like a sermon after a sermon on sunday you want to be you want to be brief long prayers are not necessarily better and can sometimes actually be a hindrance right um so be mindful that there are probably other people waiting uh to be prayed for and if you're praying for one person for 20 minutes you won't have the time to minister to everyone else right so we want to make sure everyone gets prayed for everyone gets ministered but but you do want to follow the spirits leading on that Right, because sometimes as we're waiting on the Lord, it, it can take a little bit. So just lean on the Spirit to kind of give you uh, the guidance in that. But be mindful of others who may be needing prayer as well. The next principle is pray, don't counsel. And I added this or preach. <laughs> when someone has approached you with a pressing need, um, or if you approach someone with a burden to prayer, don't don't let it turn into a whole counseling session. Right. Asking a few questions for clarification can be helpful so that you can get specific, but you don't want to necessarily dive into the deep of the, the, the matters that they're going through and, and, and dive into uh, a whole session with, with counseling. We, we also want to encourage you to exhort one another uh, from the Word of God, but without having to exposit the text for the person when you're praying for them, right? They just heard the Word of God, so there's something already, the Word of God is already doing in them, in them that's leading them to want prayer. So don't feel like you need to break down the text again or anything like that. You're there to encourage, comfort, pray, and, 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 and meet, see the Spirit meet the needs, right? See, if we're not careful, we can become like so concerned with making a point that we'll miss the opportunity to make a difference by simply coming to the Lord on their behalf, right? I mean, consider Job's friends. Remember in Job chapter 16, too, is literally Job described his friends because their use of many words, because there are many advices, because there are many counsel and sermons. He described them as miserable comforters. We don't want to be miserable comforters, right? We want to be uh, assisting as we're comforting others, assisting the Spirit, serving the Spirit as He's comforting them. So don't try to sneak in your own counsel during prayer, right? Just pray 
listen, we need the power of the Holy Spirit, not the power of suggestion, right? Uh, you can find another time to counsel if you need that uh, or if they need that. If they're continuing on, if they're really, you know, they're sharing, but they, they can't seem to kind of like, they're, they're letting it all out. You may want to encourage them, hey, I would really love to sit and talk through this with you. But right now, I just want to pray for you. Right now, I just want to slow down. Based on what you've just shared, let me pray for you. And that way, they can receive prayer. Amen? Good stuff. So hopefully you guys are, are following along, jotting down some questions and notes. Like I said, we'll take some time to kind of unpack this a little more practically. Or maybe like, hey, I didn't get that. Or what does this look like in this context? So we will have some opportunity to debrief a little bit. So keep those questions, comments, and concerns in mind. Um, so keep your prayers, prayers focused. Pray, don't counsel. Fifthly, be open to, be open to a prophetic word. Um, Here's what I mean by that. As you're praying for somebody, as your heart is prepared, you're listening to the Spirit, your, your mind is open, um, you may find that the Lord puts a specific word of encouragement or a specific exhortation on your heart to share with the person. And that's what the Bible calls prophecy. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 3-4 says, The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up but the one who prophesies builds up the church. And so I know prophecy can often be something that's intimidating. We've talked about it from time to time at, at Living Hope, but maybe not um, significantly or recently. We do have a blog post that I wrote a while ago called uh, The Gift of Prophecy Today. So if after I get through this section, you're like, man, I'm confused or I don't agree or I need more biblical clarification, go to our website. As I've said, great little search bar on the website. Just type in prophecy. That article will come up. It's probably like close to 3,000 words longer than most blogs should be. But um, I give you some, uh, some help there. On that blog, again, I simply define the gift of prophecy as the spirit-filled ability to share a revelation that God brings to one's mind or lays on one's heart to build up the church or to build up a specific person. And so again, as you're praying, as you're listening, as you're not rushing, you're interceding for the person, God may guide your mind. He may guide your heart to a specific word of encouragement. Uh, sometimes the Lord may put like a, a vivid picture, you know, and, um, you know, give, give, give you a sense of, of kind of a, just a visual representation of what, what it is they're struggling or what it is that they're going through. I think that can often be uh, a way that the Lord can, can work through us prophetically. Um, sometimes it's a, again, it's a scripture verse. I, I think often, you know, we, we believe that, that God's word is his full and final authority. So God's not giving us new revelation. Sometimes the prophetic word that he wants to give us is a specific verse. You know, man, the Lord will never leave you or forsake you, you know, and that can be prophetic in the sense that it's, it's from the Lord. It's for a specific person. It's meeting a need. It's bringing encouragement poignantly to that person. I think many of us have had experiences, whether it's prayer ministry, whether it's counseling or whether it's just coming out of a lunch, you know, like, man, I can't even believe I said what I just said. I didn't even know I knew that stuff, right? But the Lord is stirring. The Lord is bringing things to your heart. I think often that's, that, that's prophetic uh, ministry. Um, I think it's appropriate to share, if you feel that kind of very specific, maybe a word or a phrase or a picture or a scripture, to share that as you're praying um, and, and, and to share those specific things. Or after you got done praying, you know, you might just, you know, uh, you might say, hey, you know, while we were praying, I just, I just really had this sense that like, you're wandering in the woods, and you, you just feel like you, you've, you've left the path. You know, like, I just got this picture of you wandering. I'm like, the Lord just wants you to know, like, you can come back onto the path. 
he's there and you can find your way back home. You know, maybe you share that afterwards or, you know, hey, look, after, after or as we were praying, the Lord just put Romans 8 on my heart for you. Can, can we just open that up and, and read and be reminded that the Lord will never leave you uh, nor forsake you, that nothing can separate you from the love of God. So I think it's appropriate to pray those things the Lord puts on your heart as you're praying or to just, to just follow up. Um, remember, um, again, as we've said, prayer, yes, is directed towards God, but, but it is ministry to the other person. So you want to speak in, in a clear way, in a, in a, in a profound way. Um, this is not, you know, thus says the Lord, you know, he, he told me to tell you you're supposed to marry so-and-so. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about humbly um, encouraging people as the Spirit of God uh, leads you. Um, some people, I do think, you know, of course, the New Testament talks about the gift of prophecy. And there are some, even at Living Hope, that are, I would say, prophetically gifted, that have an attentiveness to the Spirit, that can hear uh, and, and report uh, revelations from the Spirit. The Spirit is regularly kind of bearing that prophetic gift through you. But even if you're like, hey, that's not me, I don't have the gift of prophecy, that doesn't mean that in those intense, poignant uh, ministry times and those times of personal application, you can't open up your heart and say, Lord, like, if you would use me in a way to, to speak specific, tangible encouragement to this person, please, please do so. So even those who you know may not may not consistently have what we would call the gift of prophecy can can still minister and encourage someone in a prophetic way. In the same way that you're like, hey, I'm not a teacher, don't have the gift of teaching, but like you know, sometimes the Lord uses me in that way. Or the gift of mercy is a, is a, a gift in the New Testament. If you don't have the gift of mercy, doesn't mean that when you go visit somebody in need in the hospital, that the Lord can't use you in a way to bring mercy into their lives, right? And so I think we always need to be open and attentive and ready for the Lord to use us. Um, I remember a time, this was probably a year or more ago, and I, I just woke up in the middle of the night. I don't know if the Lord speaks to anybody else in the middle of the night. Sometimes I wish he would let me sleep, but... Woke me up in the middle of the night and put put on my heart just a, a new man who had recently come to the church and just this really just intense sense of like this is a this is a fresh start for him and like this man needs to hear that he needs to know that this is a fresh start and so the next Sunday after church I went up to him I said hey can I pray for you and, I, and as I prayed I just prayed those words you know that that I hope and believe were from the Lord that, that this is an opportunity for you to begin again that whatever your past was. Let that go. This is a fresh start for you. And I believe that, that the Lord, that again, there's nothing strange or mysterious or weird happening. It's just God ministering in a specific way as you speak, as you encourage, as you pray um, for others. Um, number five, be mindful of physical and practical considerations. Now, I'm not going to lie. I sort of have three points crammed into one here. Uh, so, But rather than have a dozen points, I decided to keep it eight. And these are all under the heading of, of what I would call physical and practical considerations. So first of all, I think our, our bodies can and should be involved in our prayer lives. Um, you guys have heard my you know, in, out, up, down sort of way of, of praying, right? That you, you, you pray up and, and praise the Lord, and, you know, just lifting your hands. You pray down and confess your sin. You can bow and, and, and um, you know, lower your head. You pray in for the, your own needs, and maybe you put your hands on your chest. You pray out for the needs of others. Like, we're physical beings, right? Our bodies and our souls are connected. That's why the scriptures call us to lift our hands and kneel. And, and I think that our physical bodies can be a, a powerful part of, of praying for somebody. Um, we often read in scripture that, um, you know, that you can lay your hands on somebody. You know, the, the kids came up to Jesus, he laid their hands on them. In Acts 8, they prayed for the Holy Spirit to come, they laid their hands. 
Um, I would encourage you not to be, you know, too quick in that. I think sometimes we can hyper-spiritualize or, be, you know, and, and think, oh, it's good prayer time. I want to put my hand on their shoulder. I will often just sometimes kind of wait. And just, again, be still. Like, Lord, what, what would you have me to do here in this moment? And use discernment. Um, the Spirit may lead you to, to um, hold their hands. I, I often hold somebody's hands. I often put my hands directly on their on their head, or of course, if they you know are asking you to pray because their shoulder has been in chronic pain, then you may want to lay your hands on on their shoulder, right? And and so be uh, discerning about that. I was uh, about two two three weeks ago had a, a man from the church over. We were sitting on my back porch, had a long long conversation talking about a lot of things, and I walked him out to the car and felt like you know I should pray for him before he went. And um, I just kind of had my hands in my pocket, you know, for most of the time I was praying. But then towards the end of the prayer, as I was kind of sending them off and felt this, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, like, make the presence of God tangible. And it was only at that point, for the last, like, 10 seconds of my prayer, that I just, like, held his shoulder and just, you know, asked God uh, to be with him. So, again, um, it shouldn't be formulaic. It shouldn't be hyper-spiritualized. But, but that connection can be a good reminder, you know, of, of the Lord's presence. Um, I think, I think in addition to you kind of using physical touch with them, I think it's often helpful to ask the Lord, like, God, is there some direction you would have me to give them about during this time of prayer? Um, and, and maybe it's like, hey, you know what? We're like standing up here and the band's playing, but can we just go sit down? Like, I just feel like you just need to rest. Like, let's just go sit down as we pray. Um, very often, if somebody comes up and they're holding their coffee cup and their Bible and they're like going on and on about like, you know, their depression and their anxiety and, and will you pray for me? I would say, hey, would you be willing to set that stuff? Just set that stuff down. And before we pray, just turn your hands up to the Lord. Like, just have an open posture, you know. You can pray for somebody if they're standing like this. You know? But again, man, I think our bodies really communicate often the state of our heart, right? And so open yourself up and say, you know, just say to somebody, open up your hands, lift, lift up your head as we pray, and just give yourself a posture of, of openness before the Lord. Um, and I think often the Lord will, will honor that, He'll honor a body language that reflects the position of your heart. Does that, does that make sense? Um, another thing related to just, you know, our physical bodies is inviting somebody to, to pray out loud with you and, and to repeat, you know, words with you. Um, and maybe as you pray for them, you know, again, like that, that repentance or that, that need for faith. And, and, and I will often just invite somebody, you know, as, as I'm praying to say, you know, hey, would you just pray along with me? Lord, I trust you. Lord, I need you. Lord, please be close to me. Sometimes if, if somebody is truly just in a state of brokenness and hurt and pain, they may need you to help them with the words that they are to say, you know. And, and just that simple, that simple method of, was just saying, hey, just, just repeat this along with me and pray, pray this along with me. Or, or you could invite them you know, to pray in their own words. But again, sometimes in that intense moment, people are like, I don't even know what to ask for. I don't even know what to say. You know, and you can just lead them very, very simply. Um, another, another thing to consider is just, is just volume um, and, and not being a distraction to others. Look, we, we've all seen these kinds of things way overdone. Right? Like the louder you pray does not mean the Lord is more likely to hear you or answer you. You know, uh, using a lot of words, using being loud, getting emotional, uh, it doesn't it doesn't work like that. You know, we're specifically told in Matthew six six. You know, Jesus talks about going into your room, shutting the door, pray in secret. In this context, I take that to mean 
Don't be a spectacle. Don't be a distraction. Right? Don't call attention to yourself or the person you're praying for. Again, whether it's the front of the room and, and it's after a, a, you know, a Sunday morning call for prayer, um, you, know, you need to only pray loud enough for that person to hear you. Uh, if, it's, if it's sitting in a booth in Panera, you know, and you're getting loud and you're sounding super holy, all you're doing is making that person so uncomfortable that they can barely even contain themselves, right? So we want to be appropriate. Um, I, don't, I don't think the Lord hears us better if we're, if we're loud. Um, if you're in a room, you know, maybe it's a life group, maybe people are fellowshipping in the other room, you've got to be considerate of other things going around. You don't want to disrupt other people. Um, you know, if it's, if it's, maybe it's during worship, you know, I, I know Chris Rep. I've seen him on more than one occasion go over to somebody in the middle of a worship song, you know, and pray for them during the worship service. That's, that's a beautiful thing. The Lord may stir you to do that. You want to do that in a way that you're not creating disruption, you know, for the other people in the worship song. Um, just one little, this is one of those like super specific practical things, but I've just found that like if I'm up front praying for somebody after a call to prayer, I might need to speak a little louder. Because the worship team is playing, right? And so you want them to be able to hear you. But then inevitably, as I'm praying louder, then the worship team is going to bring that song way down. And you have to sort of just be mindful. You don't want to still be saying, Lord, and help them with their porn addiction, you know, as the worship team then drops their ball. You know, so it, I mean, it's just one of those practical things you have to be attentive to, right? Um, so that they can hear you, but you certainly don't want to disrupt or embarrass anybody. And so if the song stops... Um, you may need to adjust your volume accordingly. Um, thirdly, so, you know, using your body, physical touch, you know, volume and tone. And the third sort of practical consideration is just um, respecting um, gender boundaries. Um, I, I typically think, well, I, I think this type of, of ministry, if the Holy Spirit is really stirring, can be powerful, can be effective. I also think it can be incredibly intimate. You know, I mean, if you've ever prayed for somebody and the Lord is stirring and they're crying and now you're crying and you sense that the Lord is, is working, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to be doing that one-on-one with another woman. I, I just don't. It it's a, can be a powerful, intimate experience. Um, so be appropriate, be safe. Um, by and large, at Living Hope, when we're talking about one-on-one personal prayer ministry, I would love for men to pray for men and women to pray for women. Um, often, when we're talking about the context of Sunday morning, We'll ask couples to come up, you know, the elders and their wives, the life group leaders um, as couples come up. If, if I'm standing with my wife and a single woman comes up, I at that point have to ask myself, okay, Lord, do you want me to be involved in this prayer ministry? Is this appropriate for me to be here? Or am I going to take a step back, continue praying, but allow my wife, you know, to, to, to be the one who receives the need and, and pray for them? There's no right or wrong way. I could certainly oftentimes have stood with my wife and, and, and prayed with her um, in, that, in that moment. And again, that's just an issue of, of discernment. Um, if, if, somebody, if you're talking with somebody before church, after church, again, at life group, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe this happens more often to me because I'm the pastor or whatever. But a woman might share something and I can tell that they're hurting. Um, I will often, you'll often see me doing this. I'm looking around. Okay, I know i got to pray for this woman. Where's my wife? I don't see my wife? Okay, there's hope. Hope, will you come join me? I need to, I'm getting ready to pray for this woman. But it just gives a, an element of safety. There's some security. Hopefully it makes this woman more comfortable right now. It's not just the two of, of us with me having my hands on her head. Hopefully, in terms of just other people walking past me, they're not wondering, why is Pastor Tim sitting over in the corner 
you know, with this woman and their heads are bowed, right? And so I'm inviting somebody in. Um, and yeah, I think as seasoned ministry leaders, um, we can serve in that way for one another. This happened to me recently. Um, I was just, it was the back of church. People were filing out. I just asked a simple question to a woman. I said, so how are you? And she began to just say, oh, I've just been in a lot of pain and my arthritis and joint pain. And I could tell it was like a, it wasn't just like a thing. She was hard. And I said, oh my goodness, I had no idea. I said, has anyone prayed for you this morning? And she looked at me like, no, which is unfortunate, right? I hope people come to Living Hope and expect to be prayed for. And so I said, well, can I pray for you? And she said, sure. And I looked around and I didn't see my wife. And I, and I, and I thought, there's Julie Coggins. You remember this? And so I just, I interrupted her. Please forgive one another if you interrupt. And I said, excuse me. I said, Julie, I need you to come pray for me. And she said, okay. And we walked over and we, and we laid hands and we, we prayed for this woman. Um, there was a woman at uh, the New Freedom Fest. Uh, she came to church probably three, four years ago. Um, Chelsea, Chelsea, you know this woman. And... Um, has not been to church in years, haven't seen her, haven't spoken to her, connected with her at the New Freedom Fest. She began to just give me an update about what was going on. Uh, very, very young faith, fragile faith, has not get, gotten connected in Christian community. And I'm like, Lord, I need to pray for this woman. And I, like, there's no, I'm like, there's no other woman from the church around anywhere. And I'm like, you know, it's in a public place. I'm like, I don't want this to be awkward. But I just, I just said, that, you know, hey, can, can we pray together? So we sort of stepped to the side. I, I kept my distance, you know. I'm not going to let it stop me from, from ministry, but I was careful. We were in a public place. I didn't put my hands on her. Um, I, I, I stood, you know, a step, a step back. Um, by the way, God will hear you if your eyes are open. Um, if you're with a non-believer, a new believer, if you're out in the, you know, Panera parking lot, I pray for people a lot in the Panera parking lot, by the way, so that's why. Um, you know, like... You can even just say, hey, we can keep our eyes open. Like, you know, the Lord, the Lord will hear us. It doesn't have to be, be an, an, an uncomfortable thing. Um, so just be sensitive. Be mindful of those boundaries. I don't want to be legalistic about this, right? But I want us to be wise. I want us to be discerning. I want us to create a, a, an environment of safety both for ourselves and the person that we're praying with. I don't ever want anybody to be, you know, uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, and you're, you're always just asking for permission. Would it be okay if we pray together? Would you like to sit down? Are you okay right here? Um, you know, would it be okay if I invited my wife to join us? You know, um, those kinds of things. So just be mindful of those physical uh, considerations, those practical considerations. And with that, I'm going to turn it over for point seven and eight. Thank you. So what do you do uh, after you've prayed? In some situations, it's, it's kind of a, you pray for the person, and that, that's kind of the end of it. It's actually happened at youth group a couple times. You know, I've taught, taught the students, and then something that was said really, really struck a student. Hey, would you pray with me? And we, we're getting ready to play dodgeball, so I'm about ready to throw balls at their face. You know, yeah, I'll pray for you first, though. <laughs> and so, yeah, you pray, and then we kind of, we kind of move on. But the other time, and that, that is sometimes the case. You pray, and you move on. But there's also some times when it's really appropriate to follow up. You know, to, to check in with them. And I want to kind of highlight three ways you can be following up in prayer. Uh, one is, uh, and this one you don't have to tell anyone about except God, you can follow up in your personal prayers. Like, hey, I'm going to keep praying for you, you know, in, in, it's in your personal devotional life. And I would encourage you to do that. You know, if somebody, whether it's a life group, core group, 
uh, up, up here, wherever, wherever it might be, and someone asks for a request, they just text you a prayer request, you know, pray for it then, but then say, then just commit, like, hey, this is going to be part, I'm going to put this in the hopper for this week. I'm just going to add this to my personal prayers for one week. Or, if you need even less, I'm going to pray for this one extra time. <laughs> you know, maybe that's on the way home from church so you don't forget when you're driving. Um, but just, just, you know, just say, hey, I'm going to at least pray for this one extra time or one extra week. Past what I'm asked uh, to do so. And uh, even if you don't know the person that well, God does. So you can just keep it between you and the Lord. Uh, but there are situations where it is, where it is good and important to, to follow up with that person. And uh, something that we do in my core group uh, is we, we, they really like this. But we hand out little 3 by 5 cards. We've actually moved to 4 by 6 cards. But we just you know, write out our, our prayer requests on that. And so because I mean, we're guys, we forget things. And so this helps us to remember, hey, everyone has a prayer request. We're going to use this throughout the week. And, be, and when we come back, like each time we meet, like I usually still have that card hanging around. Or, it's, or if I wrote it down in my journal. So it's like, oh, hey, you prayed for this last We prayed for this. How, how's that going? You know, so I think life group's the same thing, you know, where you can't, I'm going to make, I'm going to hide this so you don't see or pray for. Um, so, yeah, I think that when you, you know, when you're in that kind of situation, life group, core group, or just a, a friendship that you have, it's, you have an opportunity to, uh, to ask about that. Especially if it's something like, hey, I have an upcoming surgery, you know, or, you know, it may be there's something like that where you really do want to know how things turned out. Um, I think another way you can follow up is if you're praying for somebody, it may be that they're asking for help in some way, and hey, God's calling you not only to pray for them, but to be part of the solution. So yeah, they are having a surgery or something. And part of following up is, hey, can I bring you a meal this week? <laughs> can, we, can, we, can I check in on you? Can I help? Can I watch your kids sometime this week? You know, so that's, that's a way you can follow and bless them. Thirdly, just say that there, there's times when, you know, maybe something is really, really pressing and really heavy. And uh, it may feel like that's when prayer feels, you know, intimidating. You know, somebody comes to you uh, with a situation where they're in danger of losing a job. They're in danger of, you know, their child is potentially leaving the faith. Or they've received, you know, a cancer diagnosis. Or their marriage is on the rocks. Or whatever it might be. It just seems bigger than, a, we'll pray for this one time and maybe I'll talk to you about it next week. Like, it feels heavy. And I think it's appropriate and wise to ask, and this is a good thing, like, hey, is it okay if I share this with the elders? Like, we give you permission to ask that, you know, like, please, please do that. You know, say, hey, so can we go ahead and share this with the elders? Um, and, they, and they may say no for their own reason. I just want to keep this private. But if it is a big, heavy, weighty issue and they're coming and asking for prayer, hopefully they, they would say, yeah. And the, the reason why is because the elders do want to shepherd, right? That, that's part of what we want to do. You know, we want to, to follow up, you know, especially if it's going to, maybe it'll take, you know, a meeting of counsel or maybe... It'll be, you know, it's something that we just need to be aware of so we can find ways to help them in the long term. And so feel free to do that. So there, there's different ways you can follow up, but I think those are some things to, uh, to keep in mind. There's times, you know, when you don't need to, other times when just use some wisdom with how you can do that. Finally, our last thing we'll talk about uh, for our section here is praying with faith and confidence. Confidence is not something that you should really just, like, fake. You know, like, ah, I'm just going to work myself up into confidence. Like confidence actually comes when you truly believe you can do something, right? Because uh, you, you, maybe you've done it many times before. So, for example, like it's easier to pray with confidence if you're praying consistently in your daily life and, and God is answering those prayers. I, I know that, that like when, when I feel like that's happening, when I'm praying for things consistently in my life, and God's, I see God answering those prayers, and they're like, well, I'm going to keep doing this, you know, and just see what else God is going to answer, right? And I'll give you an example. I, I, this is a little bit off notes, but when I lose things a lot. 
Tim will tell you my memory is just not what it used to be. I'm only 38, so we'll see where it goes from here. But I, uh, I lose my keys an unreasonable amount of times. And I've taken to saying, Lord, help me find my keys. Help me find my phone. Help me find this. And I promise you, usually, usually I'll look around for five minutes. And I'm like, oh, I should pray for this. Lord, help me find my... There they are. You know, like, like, it, like, learn to pray for small things that don't take a lot of faith in the mustard seed stuff. And then you'll find that, like, that actually gives you the confidence to be able to pray for, for bigger things, right? Just like, what's the thing for, you know, for golfers, you know, is the, the three-foot putts, the things, like, the gimmies you know you should make? You don't fake yourself, oh, I can make this putt. It's like, no, you practice those again and again and again and again. So your, your confidence isn't like a mind thing. It's like, I know I can do this because I've done it before a lot. You know, so praying with people, you know, make sure your own prayer life is, uh, is on point and it'll be a lot easier to pray with somebody. So that was off note. But, but when you pray with somebody, praying for, with faith and confidence, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, should I you know, it, be, have confidence w- w- you know, with the p- person that you're praying because you're praying for them because of one or, two, one or two things happened. One is they came up to you and asked you, right, in which case. Yes, you should be confident to pray for them because they've given you, they've directly sought your counsel, right? They said, please pray for me. And that's like, all right. The second is like, you, it's good to say, hey, can I pray for you? Or the, someone, will, someone will ask, you know, yeah, I could really use help with this. Okay, I'll pray for you. And sometimes we say that assuming like I'll talk about later, you know, in my private prayer, which is fine. But there's sometimes just to ask like, hey, do you want to pray for that right now? I did that with my neighbor uh, next door. I don't. I don't think that he's necessarily a believer, but he, I knew he was having surgery this week. And so I, I make sure I called him and said, like, hey, you know, are you doing okay? You know, if you need me, I give him my number. If you need anything this week, you know. And I said, I said yeah, yeah, I don't do really good with this stuff because I told him I was praying. I said, can I, can I just pray for you, like, right now? And like, I said, I'm just going to ask this because, I mean, and he very well could have just been like, nah, I don't feel good. But he's like, yeah, I'll do it, you know. I'm like, all right, God, I'm going to do this thing. So, like, I took that opportunity to pray, and I slipped in a little bit of an outreach prayer in there as well, if you might say. But, like, yeah, he gave me permission, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know, I'm going to pray with confidence. You know, pray the Lord worked in his heart. So I think we can do that, you know, pray with confidence. But, but we also need to pray with confidence, you know, um, in terms of our approach to God. Our current series in Hebrews reminds us, you know, from Hebrews 4.16, let us with confidence draw near the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need and to help in time of need. I think we, we, there's, there's many reasons why we fail to pray with faith. Sometimes it's, it's our own personal sin we struggle with, you know, but a lot of times if we're thinking about God, you know, we fail to pray in faith because we, and we don't think God will answer. There's usually three, broadly speaking, reasons why. We don't think God hears us. We, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we think he doesn't want to answer us for some reason. Like he's going to say no. Or we think that he's unable to answer for some reason. I think it's important to remember, you know, that, that first of all, God does hear us. First John 5, 14 through 15, please hear this. And this is the confidence that we have toward him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And there's, there's actually plenty of scriptures that God does not hear the prayers of the, of, of the hard-hearted unbeliever. He's deaf to their, their prayers, you know. Or to those who are, who are asking God for selfish gain. Like if you're driving, you know, rushing to get somewhere, and you're like, Lord, please help me to outrun this police officer and get out of a ticket. I need to get where I'm going. Like you, maybe you shouldn't expect to hear half that prayer <laughs> request. All, you know, um, but if you're a believer in Christ, you're walking in faith. No, he hears you, right? His scripture tells you that he does. He did not spare his own son for you. What makes you think that he's going to like spare his, his ears for you? <laughs> 
So pray, pray believing that whatever you say, even if it's a fumbling, poorly worded, inarticulate, misinformed prayer, maybe, like you don't have all the information. You know, a lot of scripture even tells us, like, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has to, like, translate it to make it, you know, appropriate. Because we don't pray as we ought to. We don't know all the information, you know. And, uh, and But God is willing to hear us, you know. Like, so the second thing is we need to believe God is, God is willing. Like, God actually wants to hear your prayer. And, and beyond that, he doesn't just want to hear your prayer. Like, he, he desires to answer your prayer. Like, God is more glorified in, in answering your prayer than in not answering it, right? He, he delights to do it. First Peter 5, 6, and 7, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may, at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all, all, your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Time and again, in the scriptures, God commands us, God invites us to give everything to him in prayer. And he, he is glorified in his saints when we do that, right? So that's why he says, cast all your anxieties, and I would say, and the anxieties of others on God, Right? If he didn't care, he wouldn't have the. If he, you know, he wouldn't tell you to do that. So unless you have a really compelling reason, a really strong reason to believe God's not going to answer your prayers, like assume He will, you know, or that you know, as we said, you know, that He will answer much better, right, than than you would than than you would have thought. And lastly, God is able, right? Ephesians three twenty to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think. I think our biggest problem is, you know, we. We ask small. It's like we're going to lower the bar for God because we're like, if I, make, if I make it really easy, then maybe he's more likely to answer my prayer. That's lame. That's the biblical word for it, I think. You know, it's like we would, be, we would do much better to like pray bolder, bigger prayers, you know, um, giving God an opportunity to show off, right? And I don't say that like flippantly. Like, go read the Old Testament. Like, God loves to stack the deck against himself. Like, he delights to do it. He, he delights to tie one arm behind his back, seemingly, you know, against his people. Because then when, like, he comes back, you know, and, and answers big, it's that much more glorifying to him, right? So there's no lack of power in God. He doesn't spend, he doesn't spend power and time, you know. It's not like our phones, our devices, that, like, there's a certain amount of power, but then it, like, wears down and has to recharge. Like, God doesn't, like, spend power that way, Right? He doesn't have a backlog of prayers. He's not forgetful. I actually knew a woman one time, you know, who, uh, like, whenever she would pray, she was like, Lord, it's me. And she would, like, say her name and, and stuff like that because, like, she just knew God was, you know, had a lot of, a lot of people to, to answer. And she wanted to make sure God knew who she was. I'm like, that's, that's not how you'd be thinking. But, yeah, there's no, there's no power that he can't overcome. God likes to use the prayers of his people. John Wesley, I think, was the one who said that, like, God does nothing apart from the prayers of his people. Like, he probably an overstatement from Wesley, but God really, really likes to like do things through people's prayer. I think that he has plans. He says, I'm going to do this. I have purpose to do this. This will happen, but I'm going to make sure that my people pray for it before I do it. Does he need our prayers? Is God hindered when we don't pray? Like, oh man, I really wish I could do this, but I can't because, you know, Chris Lewis isn't praying. No, God can do what he wants, but God delights to use the prayers of his people. So maybe he's, he really wants to heal that person in your life group who's coming up for was coming for prayer here at core group but god says i will heal them but after i've set my people praying because that's how i'll be glorified so be prepared have confidence that maybe that's what what god in his will has been waiting to, to do so um so pray boldly your prayers are precious to god you know uh revelation talks about how they're like it's like incense you know floating up to heaven on the prayers of the saints like it's a beautiful thing to god and it's also terrifying to the devil like if he can stop us praying 
He's really done a lot. I mean, he can, he can stop a lot of things, but prayer, I think, really terrifies the devil. So pray with all the faith that God has given you. Even small, pray for a healing, pray for a miracle, for restoration, deliverance, for freedom. Pray for God to intervene. And as I said, God likes to stack the deck against himself to let the enemy run up the score so that his victory is more glorious. There you go. Good stuff. So just to kind of wrap up, um, review, you know, we have to prepare our hearts. You know, our, our hearts need to be in the right place. You can say the right words. You can, you can recite something. You can, you can spit somebody's words back to them. But we want our hearts to be connected to the Lord. We want to slow down. We want to listen. We want to be attentive to the person and their needs that they're explaining, but even more importantly, attentive to the Spirit. How is He calling me to pray for this person? Maybe you're going to pray boldly for something that was only a side point, or maybe the Lord brings something to your heart that you, um, you know, that they didn't even share, but He's, he's, he's put on your heart to pray for. Um, thirdly, keep your prayers focused. Um, you guys know I'm, I'm a little bit wordy, and, uh, you know, I'd much rather that you leave this meeting and, and pray one sentence for one person, you know, once a day. And to, you know, pray super loud and eloquent, you know, for, for 20 minutes or whatever. Um, so keep your prayers focused. You cannot pray for every area of their life. Um, you know, if somebody comes up to you because um, they need healing in their back, you know, pray for that. Uh, the Lord may lead you to pray for their marriage and their job and their house and their this and their, you know. But, but if they ask for prayer for their back, just stick with that. You know, um, fourth, pray, don't counsel, um, you know, yeah, keep, keep your, keep yourself right before the Lord. Um, you may have been through something that with your marriage or with your kids that they've been through, uh, but while you're praying, it's probably not the best time for you to give them uh, advice, you know, based upon what you did in your life, you know, maybe wait for that for another time. Be open to a prophetic word. Again, just means listening to the Lord, asking Him to, to speak to you, to speak through you. Uh, six, be mindful of those physical and practical considerations. Um, just be careful as men and women, using your body, using your voice in appropriate ways. Seven, follow up. Um, you know, ask the person later on, pass it on to the elders, continue to pray, and then pray with faith, pray with confidence. The Lord really does hear us. The really Lord really does want to move um, in us and through us. Um, you know, it's the heart of, of our elders that each of you, all of our ministry leaders, would be comfortable, would be confident to pray for somebody, to lay your hands on them, to take initiative. Maybe with somebody sitting in the corner of the room that didn't even ask for it, or maybe it is somebody that comes up to, to pray um, with confidence. Uh, and it might just be a, a quiet one sentence. You know, that's okay. Like, if the Lord asks, calls you to pray for one sentence, Lord, um, you know, please help Ron, give him peace, be with him this week, in Jesus' name, amen. That in and of itself can change somebody's world, right? But it might be long, it might be intense, it might be emotional, there might be tears. Um, the Lord can work either way. Uh, again, we're talking here tonight about formal ministry at church, at small group. But this, you know, don't, don't put it past the Lord to call you to pray for somebody sitting in a coffee shop. Or as I said, often it's like, you know, hey, where are you parked? Do you want to walk outside? Can we pray for a minute at, at the car, you know, before we go? Um, I think often people, I've found that people are a little more relaxed and attentive rather than sitting in a restaurant, right? You're, you're thinking, what are other people thinking, you know? So sometimes, unless it's raining, you know, maybe just go outside and, and 
take that opportunity for, and a lot of you are meeting with, with students, or you're meeting with young adults, or you're meeting with your life group co-facilitator, use those opportunities of mentoring, relationship, and discipleship. Use those opportunities for prayer. Um, and the other thing I would say, guys, is sometimes, and I mentioned this before, sometimes this is the hardest in our own homes, you know, to pray with your spouse, to pray with your children. Um, Oliver's been having this ongoing stomach pain for probably the last two years. Recently, it's gotten more intense and more frequent. We've got a sonogram. I'd love for you to pray for Oliver. We still don't know what, what it is that's causing it, if it's stuff he's eating, if it's, you know, we don't know. But a couple times recently, the Lord is like, you know, hey, your son's in pain. Like, he's in his bed, curled up in a ball. He's about to be late for homecoming because he's in so much pain, you know, and like, am I as a pastor going to be a dad and go in and put my hand on him and, and pray for him, you know, and that feels a lot more like a step of faith, feels a lot more uncomfortable than on a Sunday morning when the worship music is playing, you know what I mean? But like, can we lead in our home? Can we lead in our families? Can we lead with our neighbors um, and then allow the Lord to use us in the context of the church? Um, so on Sunday mornings, you know, here, here's my heart. Like, I don't ever want anybody to come to show up to a Sunday morning worship service, whether they're a new person, a member, or they've been here for 10 years or 10 minutes. I don't ever want them to, to show up here on a Sunday morning and not feel like there's an opportunity, there's an offer, there's people here that would pray for them. People come here and they're hurting and they're struggling. You know, I mentioned a bunch of stuff this morning in my message just that people are going through and those things are real. Um, so be attentive as you meet people, as you connect with people after church. I know it's busy and we all have responsibilities. Those things can wait. Um, you know, we often talk about the three-minute rule um, in terms of visitors and hospitality. The three-minute rule says that if a new person comes to church and nobody talks to them, the first three minutes after church is done, they're just going to leave and they may, may never come back. You know, but I think that applies to prayer as well. You know, and I can check in with Chris later this week about church budget stuff. You know, for now... Is my heart open? Is my eyes open? Like who who needs to you know needs to be ministered to? Um, you know, uh, a, an old friend of mine that, that I've known years and years ago came to church uh, the first week of September. I was not here, and and I know Ron and and one or two of the other elders noticed that this man was in need, and I was so thankful and so encouraged to hear that they sat down next with him, they prayed for him as he wept, you know, and and hope and pray that the Holy Spirit you know ministered. Um, and I want to tell you this, there are some churches and some pastors that set up prayer teams and they train specific people in the church, they're the prayer team, they're going to be available before church, after church, they're going to be at the special prayer meetings. The elders are not doing that. You guys are the prayer team. Like you're our ministry leaders. We want all of you to be attentive, to be ready, to be able to pray um, during your ministry um, outside of Sunday mornings and on Sunday mornings. And so, so we want you guys to be empowered to do that. Um, we would like to start being more regular, specifically at the close of the service, to make sure that there's an offer and an opportunity for prayer. Sometimes it's going to be during that closing song, but sometimes it just might be, you know, whoever's given the, the dismissal to go in peace. And before you go, there'll be some, you know, folks up front here this morning available. Please don't leave if you need someone to pray with you. Sometimes it just might be as people go out. But we want to be more consistent in that so that, that becomes part of our culture. So that people know Living Hope Church is a place I can show up on Sunday, whether whether my elbow is hurting, which, by the way, I have some pretty, pretty nagging tendonitis in my elbow, whether my marriage is falling apart, whether my kid is walking away from the Lord, whether I've been plagued with anxiety, you know, whatever it is, that somebody can pray for me. 
Um, so we're going to be more regular in that. You may or may not get a heads up about it. Um, the elder who's dismissing the service might just say, hey, the elders and deacons and their wives are going to be available this morning. Um, we might start throwing out some curveballs. I threw out a curveball last week. I said, hey, the men's and women's ministry teams are going to be up front this morning if you need prayer. Um, so this is your warning that we're going to start doing that. We might call up the youth workers one week and say, hey, our, our youth volunteers are going to be available this morning. Um, our life group leaders um, are going to be available this morning. And look, if you've got to go pick up your kids, if you know you've you got to run out to go meet your mother-in-law, if you yourself need prayer, don't, don't feel like this is going to be a burden. You know, most, most of those categories, there's enough people that if you know you're not available that morning to pray, you know, hopefully there'll be three, four, six other people that will come up. If you're available on that Sunday, be available. Um, if, if the Lord's put it on your heart, you know, and we, we made an invitation for the men's and women's ministry teams, and you're like, hey, I'm not on that team, but the Lord's put it on my heart to be available this morning for prayer. You know, just come up. So I don't really want to have to schedule it and say life group leaders are going to do the first week of the month. You know, you know, just be ready, be available. Um, James five sixteen again says we're called to confess our sins to one another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. Why? Because the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working, and you may not feel righteous, but your Savior Jesus, your Advocate, your Mediator is righteous, and He has filled you, and He's empowered you, and, and the Father hears you. Because of, because of Christ's work. 